Hey everybody, this is Dr. Patrice Buckner-Jackson and you can call me PBJ. Welcome to the Love Always PBJ podcast where we focus on three things, an identity that is securely rooted in Christ, purpose that flows from a heart to serve, and relationships that are worth the cost. This is my love letter, letter of love to millennials, and I am so excited that you all have decided to join me today as we have this conversation. Before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, will you do me a favor? Just click subscribe on whatever app you may be listening to us so that you do not miss an episode. And also go on over to Instagram and follow me at Dr. Patrice Buckner Jackson. On Mondays on Instagram, you get a spoonful of PBJ. That's your weekly motivation. Let's get it done. Let's get after it inspiration. And on Wednesday, you get a new episode episode of this podcast, the Love Always PBJ podcast. So I don't want you to miss any of this good encouragement. So go ahead and subscribe and join me and make sure you don't miss anything. Y'all, we are talking about what we need to do to be ready for 2021. We're preparing right now. Um, We've been focused on those obstacles that stand in the way of us achieving our goals. And you all sent me so many great um, ideas and thoughts. And you shared, listen, this is what's standing in my way. These are the things. A lot of it had to do with fear. A lot of it had to do with the opinions of others. As y'all can see, I've been working. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can see behind me. I got my color-coded post-it notes going on. Listen, there's a method to my math. I'm working on some stuff for y'all. Okay, so don't worry. All of this is coming. I'm working on some stuff for y'all. I want to share one with you all today that you didn't mention. Um, And I know that it's been significant in my life. And I know that I'm not the only one. So one of the obstacles that stand in our way of accomplishing our goals that you all did not say, um, but I need to talk about it is unforgiveness. And the failure to forgive and how that holds us back. It stifles our thoughts. It holds back our creativity. We can't be everything we were created to be when we're holding someone hostage in our heart. And I know that forgiveness is a very deep subject. I also acknowledge that we've all been through different things at different levels. So I don't want to diminish any of your pain or any of your experiences. Please know that from the bottom of my heart, my purpose today is to share with you my path towards forgiveness in one specific relationship in my life and how it has freed me. And I hope that that will encourage you to pursue forgiveness in whatever area you need to pursue it in your own life, because it becomes a barrier. It becomes a ceiling. You can only go so far and you can only reach so far when you've got the chains of unforgiveness on you. Um, So I would encourage you to consider if this is an obstacle for you and if it is what you need to do to get past this obstacle. So I want to talk to you today about forgiving my father. Um, This is significant because I'm not sure that I've said a whole lot of this um, out loud outside of my circle of influence. Um, I'm not sure even my daddy has heard me say some of this. I'll make sure he hears it before it goes live. Love you, daddy. Um, 
But I believe that it's significant and it's important for you all to hear this journey that we've been on. Um, Since I started this podcast, I've been planning to bring my dad um, onto the podcast so that you all can meet him. He is a strategic leader. He's a powerful leader. He's also full of wisdom. And I told you that's where I go first in many instances when I have a challenge or when I have a problem. I go to my daddy. Um, But I want you to know that it hasn't always been that way. My goal and my heart on this podcast is to tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth, all of it, the good, the bad and the ugly. And it's important for you. It's important to me that you all know that I am a self-proclaimed daddy's girl. I am. My dad is one of my best friends beside my husband, but it hasn't always been that way. And we have journeyed and we have traversed through some things to get to the point where we are right now. I'll give you the end of the story. I'll give you the good news. Most people who know us right now have no idea what we've been through they don't know the path that we walked they don't know what it's taken for us to get to this point and that in itself to me is a miracle Um, because I remember being a child and never thinking that it could be this good and never thinking we would ever make it to this point and I'm so grateful I'm grateful to God I'm grateful to my dad I'm just grateful that we are where we are today and I did not miss out on having him be a significant part of my life because I would have missed out if I had not opened my heart to him so I'm starting at the end of the story all is well and beautiful but it took some time and it took a path to get to all is well and beautiful. So I just want to share a little bit of that path with you all today. Again, my full purpose is to encourage you. If there is anybody in your life that you need to forgive, that you need to release, that you need to connect with, it might be worth it. It might just be worth it. And again, you you determine that you know what you've been through, not diminishing your pain, just sharing my own story. So I'll start by giving the background as best I know it. Um, So again, I I only know bits and pieces of what a child overheard as far as, um, you know, why my parents um, didn't end up together. They were children, basically. They were teenagers. Um, And I think that in itself is probably enough to say um, they were teenagers. My mom and my dad were in high school uh, when I came along and, um, that didn't work out and they went their separate ways and my mom married and my dad married and my stepfather adopted me um, and he gave me his last name and I'll always be grateful. I'll always be grateful to him for caring for me um, and taking me in as a Buckner. He named me a Buckner, um, my maiden name, but I'll be honest and let you all know that I didn't always feel like a Buckner. Um, there were many times that I felt like I didn't belong anywhere, you know, um, I wasn't a true blood Buckner, even though nobody said it, um, I knew it and I felt it in every interaction other than within my household with my mom, my stepdad and my brother, my sister outside of that house. Um, anytime we were with my stepdad as part of family, I always felt like an outsider and the same on my biological dad's side, um, in my grandmother's house, his mother. My grandma Ozella, she was determined that I was going to be connected to that side of my family to the point where she made sure we spent 
time together almost every weekend of my childhood, literally almost every weekend of my childhood. She was passionate in making sure that I knew who I was and where I came from. And I loved her. I love her to this day. I always will. And I know she loved me. Um, but outside of her, I felt like an outsider on that side as well. I just didn't know, um, where I fit cause I just didn't have a fit. That's what it felt like. Like I didn't have a fit. I also had very deep anger, um, towards my dad. Again, as a child, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know why I did not have him. Um, I didn't know why we weren't, um, a nuclear family. Um, I didn't know what happened. It didn't matter. All that I could see was that he was not in my life. I didn't feel like I had access to him. Um, and I felt like an outsider and I felt abandoned. I did. Um, I remember my grandmother, again, spent every weekend with her and she religiously introduced me. Well, y'all know who this is. This is, you know, my dad's name's oldest daughter. And, and, you know, she made sure that everybody knew who I was. And she would quickly follow that up with, can't you see it? Look at our nose. Can't you see it? Um, This nose runs in our family. (laughs) This nose runs in the blood. I can look at uh, pictures of, of, of ancestors and other people and they got this nose it's a strong nose y'all it runs in our family and the more she said it the more I hated I hated my nose as a child um I couldn't stand it I was embarrassed by it I couldn't look in a mirror without seeing it um I just felt like it made me the ugliest thing ever and I never said that never said that out loud who was I gonna say it to um, I didn't, I never said it out loud, but I, I know now that it wasn't even about my nose. Cause I hadn't thought that thought in years, <laughs> it wasn't even about my nose, but that was the one visible connection that I had with my dad. Um, so that's what I connected to. And that's where I put the hate and that's where I put the anger a lot of times on myself. Um, that's just how I felt. That's just how I felt based on the circumstances. My dad was in the army. He always lived far away. So he didn't really have um, the opportunity to spend a lot of time with me when I was growing up. I didn't see it that way then. I understand that now. Um, And even when he came home, when he would come home to his mom's house, um, I remember that grandma was very intentional asking my mom, can she please come? And, um, you know, my mom let me, but it just always felt uncomfortable. It just just felt weird, just felt like I didn't fit, just felt forced. It just didn't feel good. Um, But he tried. I remember looking back now and recognizing that he was trying. But as a child, I just didn't I didn't receive it that way. It was just painful. Um, And I didn't understand why I wasn't a part of his life. I saw it as um, his children, my sisters and my brother on his side had him. Um, and had a wonderful, beautiful, perfect life. Um, and I did not have him and that I wasn't worth that. Again, that was my perception. That's all I knew. That was the way that I saw it. Um, I don't, I know now that that's not the complete story. Um, that's not how it went. That's not how it goes. But as a child, that's all I could see. 
that's all I could see. Um, so it was very painful. It was very painful for me. I remember thinking, even as a little girl, um, I remember thinking, you know, about wedding days and how mine was just going to be terrible, no matter how you slice it. You know, I thought either he wasn't going to be there and that was going to be painful or he was going to be there and there was going to be a big fight and that was going to be traumatic. Um, so I, I remember grieving <laughs> as a teenager. I remember grieving the thought of a wedding day. Um, as much as I was family oriented and desired that, I remember grieving the thought of it because I couldn't imagine how it could be happy. Um, I couldn't imagine how it could go well when you think about a father walking a daughter down the aisle. I had my stepfather, but having my stepfather as good of a man as he is, he never replaced a hole in my heart for the man whose blood runs through my veins. Um, he never, he never replaced, he never filled that place, um, that I had created in my heart for my dad. And it was very, very painful. And a lot of that pain, um, I carried in silence because I didn't think I was allowed to talk about it. And I didn't think anybody wanted to hear it. Um, I knew that my mom had her own pain from whatever happened. Um, she, she moved on. She's, my mom was phenomenal. I talk about her all the time. Um, but I didn't think that I had a place to talk about it. I remember, um, one time grandma, she asked me, um, something to the nature of, you know, how does it feel? You know, you got your dad, you got me, you got your mom, you got your stepdad, like, you know, how do you deal with it? How do you feel? And, it was kind of a leading question. She said, does it hurt or do you feel like you have the best of both worlds? Um, and I lied to her because I love my grandmother and I didn't want to hurt her. Um, so I just told her, I said, I feel, I feel like I got the best of both worlds, Grandma. I'm good. Um, I'm all, all is well. And, and she never asked me again. And I didn't want her to ask me again. Um, I just wanted her to be okay because I saw that she did everything that she could to make sure I was okay. So I wanted her to know that I was okay. Um, so I, that's how I grew up. That's the feeling that I had. Um, it's just anger and hurt and pain and abandonment. Um, I remember trying to perform, um, to see if I could earn love again. I'm looking back at it now with different perspective, but I didn't know why I was doing those things then. You know, I, I always tried to get on a roll and I always tried to be in the beta club and all the things, you know, I, I still have that performance on me. Honestly, I know what it is and where it comes from now, but it's still a part of my life. So I constantly tried to perform in hopes that, you know, I could garner his love. I remember one time he came home to visit he was at grandma's house and I was there I could have been older than six or seven um and I remember running laps around the house they were all sitting on the porch and I was just running um and I felt like well if he thinks I'm athletic then then he'll love me you know so I'm just gonna run and the child's mine you know that's what I did I remember um once when I was older, my mom allowed me to ride a bus to visit them. Um, and then we all drove back for Thanksgiving to my grandma's house. And we were in a car driving and a Whitney Houston song came on. And I thought, oh, man, if he knew I could sing, then that would really impress him. Like, I need to make sure he knows I can sing. So I started belting out Whitney Houston, just saying it. And um, my dad, he said, Trees, who, who sings this song? And I said, Whitney Houston. He said, let her sing it. And the whole car erupted in laughter. I, I guess it was one of their uh, family jokes 
It didn't feel like a joke to me. Um, didn't feel like a joke to me that day. Um, again, perception, perspective. Um, that's where I was living from and that's where I was. When things turned, um, well, I'll share one more memory and then I'll tell you when things turned. So one more memory from my childhood is I was a cheerleader um, all through middle school, high school. I, I loved cheerleading. Um, and my dad knew this, you know, at our conversations or our phone calls, whenever we would have one, cheerleading was one of the things he asked an update about because he knew I loved cheerleading. And um, one night it was a football game and we I was cheering, doing my thing. And into the stadium walks my dad and my granddad. And I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. I I think I ran off the field and I went in the bathroom and I would not come out until he left. And to this day, every now and then, my dad will bring that up about a 16 year old. Um, I, I, I believe I hurt him that night. It wasn't my intention to hurt him. In my mind, he was kind of collapsing my world. Because the way that I dealt with this pain was I compartmentalized it. You know, when I was in my hometown, I was a Buckner. And I was the only one in my heart that knew I wasn't really a Buckner. Um, So I acted like a Buckner. I was acknowledged as a Buckner. The whole town knew me as Buckner. So I didn't cross those lines. I was a Buckner. And when he showed up in my Buckner world, I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know what to do with that. And and in his mind, to be fair, he had probably moved mountains to make that trip to surprise me just to show support for something that I loved. Um, At 16, I didn't see it that way. Um, I felt like he was trespassing. Um, I felt like he was stepping over the line in these lines that I had drawn for myself to keep myself safe and to really keep up this facade that this is who I am and I belong and I'm okay. And he stepped over that line in in, in pure intentions in an attempt to love love on me and it wasn't love to me um it was embarrassing because I felt like he outed me in front of everybody that I wasn't really a Buckner um and I didn't really belong so these were you know some of the some of the things that we went through um some of the things that we walked through was just a broken relationship and I don't know that it was anybody's fault. Um, I think that my dad worked really hard to respect my mom and my stepdad and make sure that he stayed in his place. And I think that he tried in different ways to show love towards me. And I think that in my child's mind, looking at what I felt like a father was supposed to be, I didn't have that from him. Um, so I was angry and I was hurt. Um, and my heart was broken and I was abandoned. So when things started to change, I was a young adult. I told y'all about my San Antonio, Texas days. I always loved San Antonio. One of the things that happened um, while I was in San Antonio is I connected with a ministry um, And within that ministry, we had a singles ministry of young adults, and we were all just really on fire for God, just pursuing him, wanting to be more like him, wanting to serve him well. Um, And we were doing homeless ministry and Bible studies and all kinds of stuff, just really, I mean, just really, really just growing spiritually. 
And one of the first things that I remember God um, laying on my heart um, was you need to share your faith with your dad. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) that that ain't God. (laughs) That can't be the truth. You know, that can't be it. Um, I'm good on that. Uh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing here. Um, but that, that can't be what you're asking me to do. Um, because of all the reasons, all the things I'm the child, I'm not the one that has to mend this. I, I didn't ask to be here, so I shouldn't have to extend myself to mend or fix or whatever. So that doesn't seem fair to me. So I, I don't think, and what if he rejects me again? What if, what if I sound crazy? Um, what if he disagrees? Uh, what I can't, I can't take the risk of giving him another reason not to love me. So I'm not going to do that. Um, and God continued to work on my heart. He continued to work on my heart. You need to share your faith with your dad. You need to share your faith with your dad. And again, it was not, um, I want to make this clear. It wasn't an outright, I don't love you. When I look back now, I can see ways that my dad was trying to communicate that to me. I just didn't receive it that way. I didn't receive it that way. I was too hurt and not willing to talk about what I was feeling. Um, So I just want to make that clear. But I wasn't willing I wasn't ready for a while and God continued to work on me he continued to work on me and he said what about what I did for you he said I forgave you knowing that you would still mess it up knowing that you wouldn't be perfect knowing who you would be the things you would harbor in your heart I loved you before you took your first breath I gave my best for you before you even had a a chance to do anything right or anything wrong so if I can do that for you why can't you do this for your dad to forgive him even if the relationship doesn't change for you to forgive him even if he doesn't change towards you can you forgive him and that thing just swept my feet from under me to think about the forgiveness that God has bestowed upon me and for me to even consider withholding that forgiveness from another person. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. So I extended myself in a real way. I mean, we had had conversations and we, you know, kept up with each other somewhat over the phone Um, but I really began to open my heart to my dad and extend myself to him as a result of reflecting on and understanding what God had done for me and how dare I withhold my forgiveness from another person considering what God had done for me I couldn't do it so I opened my heart up to my dad not because of him but because of my heavenly father I began to open up my heart and I believe that God in his spirit softened my heart to get me ready to do that. Um, I uh, had the opportunity to visit my dad and and um, in Virginia. I remember he was in Virginia. I had It was Thanksgiving. Uh, something significant about Thanksgiving for us. But anyway, um, it was Thanksgiving. I had the opportunity to 
visit him in Virginia. And I knew that when I visited, there was going to be a time that he would kind of steal away with me. That's what he always did. Whenever I saw him, whenever he came to town, he would always find a few minutes of just me and him, um, you know, to take a walk or to take a drive or to do something, you know, just one-on-one. And I'll be honest, as a kid, I I was like, oh, it's coming. I know it's coming and it's going to be weird. It just felt uncomfortable because we didn't know each other and I didn't know what to say to him. And I was so afraid I was going to say something that would disappoint him or that he wouldn't agree with. And so it was always so heavy because I knew that moment was coming. But this time it was different. This time it was different. I, I said to God and I said to myself, I said, if he asks for one on one time, I'm going to share my faith with him. Um, if 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 he asks to take a ride or to take a walk, then I'm going to talk to him about what's going on in my life and and how God is moving in my life. And I'm going to share my faith with him. And I determined in my heart I would do it. And I went and I visited and we had a good visit. We had a good visit. And he did, because my dad is consistent. He is consistent. Um, He um, asked, you know, we took a ride, I remember. We took a ride. and, And during that ride, I don't remember exactly what we said, but I remember sharing with him um, what was going on in San Antonio and what we were experiencing and, and how I felt like I was changing and the impact that God had on my life. I remember sharing that with him. And I remember that my dad, um, with tears in his eyes, started sharing with me what he felt like he saw in me. You know, he started talking to me about how he believed that I was going to impact the world. Um, he even said, he's like, you're, you're going to be a preacher. And I was like, whoa, hold up player now. We ain't trying to do all that. And yeah. Um, but he, he, he shared with me in that moment. It was almost like um, in the Bible days where the father would sit with his children and he would bless them and talk to them about their future and kind of speak it out loud. My dad, in those moments, he he spoke over me and he spoke it out loud. And I don't remember all the things he said, but all I remember feeling like is, wow, he really is proud of me. Um, he really does see me. He really is proud of me. After all these years, I never realized that he was proud of me. Um, and I'll never forget that moment. And that was a turning moment. It wasn't everything, but it was a turning moment for us. Since that moment, um, I told you all in, in a few episodes back that I ended up moving in with him. I left San Antonio and moved to Georgia and moved in with him. And I lived with my dad for two years as an adult. I had never lived with him before, um, but I lived with him for two years as an adult. And it was the most significant time of my life. And I truly believe that if I had not had that time to get to know my dad and for him to get to know me, that I wouldn't have been ready to meet my husband. And I would not have been ready to love my husband and be in relationship with him before resolving what I needed to resolve with my dad. So I say all that to say, as I started, those who met us since 2007 have no idea what our relationship was prior to 2007, because God literally healed and mended every part of our relationship 
to the point where that wedding day um, that I dreaded, that wedding day that I grieved over, I had my dad and my stepdad. And they both walked me down the aisle that day. And they both gave me away to my husband. And it was a beautiful day, full of joy. And if I had withheld forgiveness, I would have robbed myself of that day and that joy. Not just that day, but as I told you, my dad is one of my best friends. He is my confidant. He is my advisor. And I would have robbed myself of this relationship that we had if I would have dug my heels in and decided he didn't deserve my forgiveness. It's interesting when I look back at it now and I can see the different times that he tried to love on me. Um, When I look back at it now, I can even see how growing up I needed my mama. I had to have my mama. She gave me a foundation that is unshakable. Um, All of the core values of who I am came from growing up with my mama. But in my adult years, I need my daddy. In the things that God has called me to do, um, in the ways that he has called me to serve, I need the wisdom of my dad and I need the experience that he brings and I need the qualities that he has given me. You know, like I said, I don't even think about my nose anymore. Now I see so much more um, that I get from my dad that is intangible that you can't see. Um, My leadership quality is from him. My work ethic is from him. Um, My creative ideas is from him. A lot of what um, is carrying me now and pushing me forward now comes from my dad. Um, So I say all that to say, if there is somebody in your life that you need to forgive, that you've been hurt, that you feel abandoned, that you feel hasn't loved you the way that they should, I would encourage you to explore that, explore it in prayer, explore it in counseling, explore it however you need to explore it. Because I am a witness that extending forgiveness has opened the door and the window to tremendous blessing that I would have missed out on if I had not gone the route of forgiveness. If if I had closed my heart and kept my heart closed and protected and decided that I wasn't going to allow my dad in, I would have missed out. I would have missed out. So, y'all... Let's handle our business. We're talking about those obstacles that hold us back from achieving our goals. If I had refused to open my heart to my dad, I would not be the woman that I am right now. So explore forgiveness. Find a way to open your heart. Find a way to be released. Find a way to drop the weight. Find a way to work through it. Not for the sake of the other person. Not because you're rewarding them or giving them a gift, but because you need it. You need it. Um, So that's what I wanted to share with you today. If you are a father and you don't have a good relationship with your child, let me say on on behalf of your child, we might not tell you, but we need you. 
We might not say it out loud, but we desire to be loved by you. We desire to have a relationship with you. Nobody can take your place. Nobody can ever take your place. So if you're not where you want to be with your child, I, en- I encourage you to press, to go after them, to love on them. No matter how hard their heart might be towards you, you try, you push, because nobody will ever replace you in their lives. All right, y'all, that's what I got for you. I hope that you are encouraged to forgive I hope that you understand the impact of forgiveness and I hope that you will deal with this obstacle so that you can accomplish your goals. As always, know that you are powerful, you are significant, and you are loved. Love always, PBJ.